Welcome to another episode of CyberSide Chats. I'm your host, Jess Coburn, CEO of Managed Cloud IT and Cybersecurity Company, Applied Innovations, where we help businesses identify risk and address it before it becomes a problem. Today, businesses across the globe are dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. In these first few episodes, focus on what business leaders, owners, and CEOs can do to not just survive, but thrive amid crisis. In this episode of CyberSide Chat, I sit down with Michael Jacobson, and we discuss the impact COVID-19 is having on life, disability, and long-term care insurance, and how the carriers are pivoting the business model in response. So sit back, relax, and let's chat. Hi, I'm Jess Cover, CEO of Applied Innovations, and we're here with another episode of CyberSide Chats. Today I have with me Michael Jacobson. Michael's company is M. Jacobson and Associates, and Michael specializes in providing uh, life, disability, and long-term care insurance. Michael, do you care to introduce yourself and talk a little about what you do? Sure, sure. Thanks, Jess. First of all, I want to thank you, Jess, for putting these on. I've been telling a lot of clients and friends and family about this, and I think this is an awesome idea. Everyone just share ideas. And you just get the word out about working from home, what other people are doing, small businesses, etc. Uh, so, yes, like you said, I've been in the financial services field for a long time. It's over 35 years. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's breaking up a little bit. Let's see. Let's give it a second. I have a note. Your speaker is not working. Please check your connection or use a different speaker. I can hear you okay now. Okay. So, so you've been doing this for 35 years. I've been uh, in the financial services field for 35 years. Okay. The last, one, the last 28 doing the, the insurance advising. What's your favorite thing about the insurance advising? I think the, the thing that I love about it is I'm, I'm, protecting, I'm protecting businesses, I'm protecting families, I'm protecting lives. That to me is sort of what I've been doing my whole life. I used to be an ice hockey goalie at six years old. And um, reason I was a, the ice hockey, uh, the goalie, when we, when we first played street hockey, I was the youngest one on my street in Boston, a neighborhood in Boston. And I was the youngest one. They said, okay, kid, you, you be the goalie. Um, from there, I, I loved it. I loved, you know, protecting the, the net, keeping the puck out. And I had a long career playing ice hockey through um, all the way up to all through high school, didn't get a scholarship to college, but came really close. So for me, the biggest thing is, is really protecting. Golf forbid something happens, someone gets disabled, someone dies. Um, who's who's going to be there to deliver, deliver money? And I've unfortunately had to deliver checks to three, three close friends who passed away in the last you know, 10 years. You know, Michael, insurance is a lot like uh, cybersecurity. Businesses don't think about it until they need it. And then when they need it, it's a little too late, right? Right. Um, what's really changed in that insurance landscape over the last couple of decades? What's been that big pivot that you've seen or what do you see on the horizon? Well, the biggest thing I've seen with the insurance companies, just like a lot of businesses, they need to save money, right? Um, costs are getting expensive from labor costs to cost of doing business. And the, probably the last 10 years, a handful of the insurance companies started using current technology and were, went, went paperless. Paperless applications, paperless medical exams where 
the old days, an examiner will come to your house and ask you your medical history. Now you can do it online. Um, delivering policies online. Now there's no paper. To me, who, for someone who's been doing this a long time, and you know, I jumped on it immediately. And not all carriers today do that. There's still some companies that are, yes, please fill out a paper application, fax them to this number, dedicated fax number. It's, it's hard for me to use those companies. Um, you know, we, I, I giggle because we have a fax number. I don't even remember it anymore. Last time I used a fax, I, I can't remember it. Everything is online filing now, online signatures. It, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's interesting that they have adopted all this technology, right? And today we're sitting here, I'm at home, you're at home. We're both sweating it out with COVID-19. And I'm of the opinion, I think it's probably an obvious question, but this, this adoption of technology has really kind of helped them with this, you think? I think, I think it, for the companies that were from, sort of have not adopted this, I was getting some emails last week from some of the carriers that are putting, they haven't fully done it yet. But there are, you know, they're working towards going to electronic. And the other thing, part of it is a lot of people still pay their, their insurance premiums by mailing a check, the old-fashioned way, writing a check and mailing it in. A lot of the insurance companies cannot process them right now because they sent a lot of all their, you know, their employees home. So they put communications to us to encourage us to tell people to create an online account, pay your premiums online do it electronically. So let, let's jump right into it. So what are the carriers doing right now? What are, what are you hearing from your carriers in regard to the coronavirus and COVID-19? Sure. The type of insurance I do, the process, and someone has to get an exam. An examiner will come to your house. This is how it's been traditionally. Um, they take some labs, um, vital, they take your vitals, your, your height and weight, they, they do your blood pressure. Um, a lot of the carriers um, were getting away from doing some of that for you, for the younger people, you know, someone 50 and under, you wanted up to $3 million of life insurance. You wouldn't have anyone coming to see you at all, a telephone interview and everything done electronically. So um, that, that's, that's what's been happening right now with the companies saying, Hey, we're going to come up with some special programs. We're going to increase those limits. So instead of, a million dollars, we're going to go to two million. Instead of three million, we're going to go to five million. So they're going to make it easier for people to buy their products who need the protection, who want the protection, without coming in contact with a human. For me, that's that's huge because I've been doing um, these type of meetings either on the phone or Skype or go to meeting for, for over ten years with my clients because my client I, I service. Over two thousand clients in thirty-five states. Wow! Yeah, I don't. I've been doing this for twenty-eight years. I don't travel other than locally now, and some of the local people don't even want to see me. So for me, the business as usual. This is still. It seems to me still business as usual, except that some of the carriers are stepping it up, where they're making it easier for us to do business with them. So are the carriers, are you seeing, as you interact with carriers today, are you seeing an increase in response times? Have they had to adjust with their workforce? What's going on there? Um, the communication has been great, mainly email. 
Some have done telephone, you know, meetings for, you know, you dial in. Um, but they've been, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's really been great. I think that what's going to happen to get the business to, to get an actual policy through the system, it's going to probably take a lot longer. So I think that, yes, they're, they're, they're fully staffed. Everyone's working from home. It's just going to, the process is going to just take a little longer. And that's what they're telling us to tell our, you know, proposed insurance that it may take you more weeks to get something done. Yeah. So, Michael, one thing, it's a bit of a, of a pivot off of the, the talk about coronavirus and COVID-19. But as a business owner, what's the important kind of life insurance disposition? What should I be looking at? Okay. So, as a business owner, um, for life insurance and disability insurance, the two important things are if you have any key employees. Depending if you're a small business, you want to obviously have personal life insurance to God forbid something happens to you to replace your income. Um, if you have employees you or partners, you may want to have a key person insurance policy to protect that key person. Let's say you have a salesperson. Um, that person is responsible for 50% of your sales and let you know, something happens to that person. You want to have a, a life insurance policy to protect that, protect that, that person's production. Um, if you have a business partner, something happens to one of the business partners. You want to make sure that your buy-sell agreement provides for life insurance. Most people will have a document that says, hey, this is what happens in the event of a death or disability with a business. But sometimes the, the business owners don't take the next step and have the policy. They don't fund it. And then on disability, a disability policy will protect the main business owner or owners or partners' um, primary income. Um, it's also a disability buyout policy that says if one of the partners is disabled, what happens? How are you going to, you know, pay that person their income? Even though they're an owner, you might not have the cash flow because that person, that person was so vital of 50% of the business. You want to make sure there's, there's this income coming in. And the last one is, is a disability overhead policy. And this is really important because I, I got the most calls up to today for the past week on people who bought a dis disability business overhead policy and a disability business overhead policy covers the business expenses if the, the insured or the owner, whoever the owners are, gets disabled. It will cover their rent, employee salaries, um, their insurance policies, their malpractice if they're a doctor, the utilities, and a lot of people got those confused with business interruption insurance. And I clearly told them this is disability insurance. And sometimes people just forget because they thought that it covered their expenses. So I had, a, I had about eight calls the past week about how does this work? How do I file a claim under my business overhead policy? So those are the, the main policies you should have as business owners. But that disability policy, I mean, that would be kind of a nice thing to have right now if you were you know potentially impacted by this personally right that Correct. would that, that would provide that coverage absolutely you couldn't work in any sickness for disability any sickness or injury that keeps you from doing your job you know there's usually a 90-day waiting period but after 90 days if you're still it's gets long term so if something mm -hmm. happens they'll pay you benefit to age 65 67 70 depending on what you purchase so i think that you know, it's getting people thinking about their mortality, their morbidities, 
you know, what if I do get the virus? What if I die? You know, I've had calls that take, can we review, I've already had calls the past week too. Can we review my life insurance? I want to make sure I have enough coverage. So I think because of this, it's going to get people still thinking about all those things. Interesting. Now you've worked from home or you're working from home. Um, what do you do to be productive and work from home? Okay. So um, I think you may have said, said this in one of your other cyber side, side chats, but I'm a big routine guy. I get up at the same time. I have two rescue dogs that I make sure I walk them, get, they get their exercise and then I need to exercise. So I get up usually between six o'clock, six thirty. Um, spend about 45 minutes an hour with the dogs and then I do some exercise make a smoothie shower I'm ready to work so um, I have to have that routine and stick to it also on Mondays and Fridays are my planning days and I try not to have any appointments in person you know, locally in person or on the phone on Mondays and Fridays um, I try to squeeze everything into Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday because again I need time to process of business, you know, this, there are phone calls that come in for servicing, especially with 2,000 clients. I do have a team of service, service people around me, but, but everything has to filter through me first, and then I can, I can delegate it out. That's nice that you set two days aside and you plan that out just for planning and just for taking care of other things and not dealing with, you know, everything else that, that comes up or, or time to catch up on those things that have come up and you haven't been able to deal with that. That's, that's fantastic advice, I think. And also, you know, when you work from home, you know, some, it's, your, it's our own business. I'll take an appointment. If someone wants to talk to me at eight o'clock at night or Saturday or Sunday, I have no problem doing that. So that, brought, that brings me to an interesting topic that came up with a couple of other speakers. Um, Devin and Shelby, you know, I asked them about work-life balance and work-life integration. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin mentioned that, look, I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration, that when I'm working and I'm living, they're kind of one and the same. Shelby was along the same way. I'm curious where you land on that. I, I think I look at it the same. It's to me, it's, it's, it's I'm the business. Um, you know, I, I carve out time for, you know, my kids are all grown. They're, they're you know, they're all out of the house. So for me, I, I make sure I take care of myself. I exercise a lot. I cycle is my biggest passion. I ride over 5,000 miles a year. Um, I recently got a spinning bike, not knowing this was going to happen, but um, I got a spinning bike last month. And it was like perfect timing because now you're not, I can't do group rides or I refuse to do group rides. Um, so I can spin in my, I put the, set up a little gym in my garage, a little fans in there and I'm cycling in there. So for me, you know, I'll do whatever I can for my clients. So for me, I look at it, it's, it's the same. So you're a work-life integration guy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's because this is your passion and it's what you've loved to do since you were six years old and, and that goalie on the... <laughs> I think it is. I, I really don't think about it like that. But for me to get up every day and have energy, you know, for 28 years, really doing very narrow, you know, really three types of insurance. Um, you know, I just want to help people and I get a lot of referrals and that's what I live for. I wonder if that's the drive that keeps us successful as entrepreneurs that, you know, we see it as that passion and something we love to do. And we just want to keep doing it. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Now, Michael, what about um, working from home? So you talked about, you know, that you like your schedule and everything, your productivity. Do you find that it's ever difficult to work from home or that you have to, you have to go in the office? Well, right now, I, I don't have an actual office. I had a virtual, excuse me, I had a, an executive suite for about, I think about seven or eight years. And really, you know, working with physicians and business owners, you know, especially I do this all over the country, no one really comes to see me. Yeah. So, so working from home, I have a dedicated room and a home office that, that, that's mine. Um, it becomes a den if at night, if I want during, you know, football season, I, you know, it's, it's my room. Um, it also could be a guest room. Um, now that I have, my kids are home because of, you know, two had to leave New York. So they're here. So it's almost like when I first started working from home, they were young. All the three kids were young. So, um, I, before I got on the call, I, I sent a text to everyone. Okay, guys, three o'clock, the next 45 minutes to an hour. Don't have too much fun. And they're all, they're all spread out throughout the house, Jess. <laughs> I love that you had to text your family that's all in the same house. That's awesome. But remember, too, I have two rescue dogs, and one's attached to me. And I, if I, I'll show you separately a picture my son took um, last week that the dog had his ear against the door, eavesdropping, and like, like waiting patiently for me to let him in. He's probably outside my door right now. <laughs> yeah, Buster, uh, my dog, and you probably heard him barking. I, I heard it echo through there. He'll get down on his front two feet, and he'll just kind of sit there and stare underneath the door and wait till I open right. the door. Maybe see yeah. some movement or a shadow and know yeah. that, hey, you're going to let me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's you, you got to love it. So I'm sure the kids are out there with him too, wondering when daddy's going to open the door as well. Um, now, as far as uh, we talked about working from home, with, for the employees that are working from home and for the managers, how do you manage your team? How do you keep your team, you know, that communication going? So it, I set up you know, expectations, things that I do. So the people around me know my routine. And so they're gonna, they know that I'm pretty demand, a good way demanding, meaning I'm, I'm really fighting for my clients. So if my clients need service, I had a call today, someone said they're having little issues, they're closing down their office, they don't wanna pay their insurance premium. What are my options? So I wanna make sure that I need to get those answers from my team and they're working. They're, they're on the same schedule as I am. Obviously they're not working past six o'clock, right. but, but if I text some of my team at eight o'clock at night a question just because I wanna, didn't wanna leave it till the next morning, I'm going to get a response nine times out of 10 from them. Yeah. So, so that, that's an interesting point though, about what, not even wanting to pay their premium to the carrier. Are the carriers giving some deferral of premiums? Yes. A couple of the yeah. carriers have already announced that if you have a premium due, they're going to extend the grace period to, to June 1st. Fantastic. And we're going to see what happens. They're not, they're not going to lapse policies. Um, they're not going to charge interest. But I, I only heard from two companies, and I represent all the major ones. So there's at least 30 I represent, and only two so far said that. I know someone had mentioned that American Express was doing something similar for business owners. So I think that's fantastic too. I think uh, I think it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of months, and uh, and challenging. Yeah. Well, just like we said earlier, when this is all over, people are going to remember who how you how you acted during this time. If some companies giving concessions or again, 
you still have to pay the premium, but they, they're giving you more time. You know, which which is valuable. One of the carriers basically, their statement was prepared, comma, not scared. Basically saying, hey, we've been around for 160 years. We've seen this before. We're fine financially. We're paying claims. You know, we're taking applications. We're issuing policies. It was a great, it was a strong message. That was one of the, they, they, did it, they sent out a playbook on, on, on Friday a 10 page playbook and then a lot of links to click for articles to send to people. And then this morning they had a teleconference for about an hour and a half. They allow you to answer, you know, they allow you to ask questions. It was just so rewarding that I could tell a client that had this company that was concerned about, you know, the stock market, hey, the market's tanking again. You know, these people have permanent life insurance. Well, guess what? Your policy's fine. You're not losing any money. And everything that I do is nothing is tied to the market. So it's safe, secure. So imagine having a big, strong insurance company saying, hey, don't worry, we got you. We're going to take care of you. We're going That's to pay awesome. You. That's, That's awesome, Michael. Rewarding. I bet. I bet. Now, Michael, before we end it here, what's, what else would you like to share or what did we not talk about you like to talk about? Um, well, I know we talked a lot. Um, I just want to make sure that people know that I'm trying to get the po a positive word out to my clients. And I've told a lot of clients, Hey, if you have any friends that want to talk about this, people afraid of the market, um, they're concerned about their own health and safety. You know, I'm, I'm a resource for them. I'm not looking to hey to sell them a policy if they want to buy something, of course, but if they need someone to talk to a uh, calm voice to make you feel, you know, safe, secure, you know, I'm that person. Fantastic, Michael. I appreciate it. And if people wanted to reach out to you and get in touch with you, how do they find you? Sure. There's two ways. Um, my cell phone is 305-710-2908. Or my website is mjacobson.com, M-J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N.com. Fantastic. And a lot of information on there to how to find you. I'll make sure I include that in the show notes. Michael, I appreciate you taking time to, to meet with me and to chat. And yes. uh, by all means, you know, stay safe and, and stay home. And I look forward to seeing those pictures of the dogs and the kids. Absolutely. And have fun. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Bye.